Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts this week, Jim O'Kane of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute and assorted other minutes as required. And I'm Chris Henry of the Apollo 13 Minute and uh, anything else that these two have got me uh, looped in with here. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me back. <laughs> wow. Well, it's our, our week, and you got the you got the A team uh, this week, and we are right in the middle of uh, watching. <laughs> that's, a, that's the coolest thing I've ever been called. <laughs> uh, well, you got to get that, that big, nice van. So, well, uh, me and me and Hal have been working on the van. So. We've been talking about that forever. There's yeah. a, there's a very unpleasant road trip in our future unpleasant for everybody but us yes exactly exactly <laughs> excitement abounds wow well we are we're watching uh we're, we're watching the uh the sheriff's bad style of or his it's his own management style and i mean everybody has a different way of handling things right. but uh, he definitely does cut to the chase here we are um currently in uh in well how let me let you uh, explain what 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 do you see in this minute of uh of, the, the, the action well jim <laughs> i see we got brian dennehy standing there uh, uh sheriff cobb holding court and then of course i i mean do you want me to are we talking the whole minute or just the first few seconds yeah i mean if you if you want to want to just set the scene for us where we're, where we're at sure. so we're uh we're sitting around we've got uh, we've got brian dennehy uh scott glenn so uh to me scott carpenter the astronaut <laughs> <laughs> uh mr phoebe cates kevin klein that's his great uh, claim to fame for me and uh uh linda hunt sitting around the table and they're uh they're chatting and uh midway through the minute uh somebody named kelly comes in and it doesn't seem like kelly is very welcome <laughs> yeah it's uh, definitely your disgruntled uh, former co-worker and it's it's <laughs> Yes. He may have seen what the uh, Cobra prices were or something. I'm not sure. He just <laughs> be, does not take be. does not take firing too well. And, right. Uh, <laughs> and so poor Sheriff. Well, Bob he tries to he tries to fire back. Yeah, exactly. After being fired. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. And uh, apparently, uh, he he gets he gets all of his uh, post employment benefits cut off rather abruptly by uh, Brian Dennehy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and Denny, I've always liked Brian Dennehy, and he's. Uh, He's awfully cool in this scene. Uh, you know, Kelly, we, we don't even really get a great look at Kelly. We just see the swinging doors start to move and and uh, Kelly's going to fire. It's kind of over the top or sort of through kind of over the top of the doors. And Dennehy just one handed, just, you know, draws, fires through the doors and, you know, just takes care of business. Uh, is still holding his coffee cup and taking another sip and, <laughs> and licks a drop off his thumb. I thought, wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, not even spill. Yeah, not even spilling one one inch of that uh, Maxwell right. house or whatever it is back then. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah very impressive. And uh, I can't imagine his uh, cocoon character doing anything like. That. No, that's uh, that is hard to uh, hard to this, picture. This seems more like the sheriff at a Rambo kind of. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. yes, that's true. As far as as far as Denny he rolls go, it works out know, better for him here than it did in Rambo. But that's uh, true. That's true. It does. <laughs> Uh, but uh, another one that you know it, it's funny because I, I shouldn't even bring it up because I I remember almost nothing about it but I remember really enjoying at the time uh, it was right around the time this movie came out I think this was Silverado was 86 right Jim yeah uh, 85 85, 85. End, okay end 85. so summer maybe it was right after this and I, said, I think it was 86 a movie called uh, FX came out and then I think it, oh, wow. I think yes. it spawned a TV but, series didn't it yeah Brian Brown and, but Brian uh, Brown and Rachel and, Ward yeah, and Richard Ward and Brian Dennehy. And uh, I remember the premise, but there was like a special effects guy who sort of got involved and was, you know, using those skills to uh, maybe to help somebody fake a death or to fake a crime. And then, of course, things things went awry. But uh, I forgot I, all I about that, spot. Joe. I had a soft spot uh, for, for the movie back then. I don't think if there was a TV series, I don't recall ever watching it. Yeah, Dennehy got some really good roles in there. I mean, like, you know, like we were saying Cocoon and, and Rambo and, and FX and just he he was every, he seemed to be everywhere and he could play a good guy as well as a bad guy uh, either direction. So you were never quite sure what his character was going to be like. Um, right. But every one of them, he always seemed to, well, maybe not Rambo, but every one of them, he seemed to have one scene where he was ha 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 kind of. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, he's a he's a hearty fellow. I mean, he's just yeah. you know, he's uh, just he's physically kind of imposing, and and he's one of those guys. You know, you I don't think this is the case. He's probably a pretty tall guy, but he may be like five two in real life. But somehow on screen, he just presents. He seems like he's the biggest person in the room. Yeah, well, especially you know? when you put him next to Linda Hunt. So, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, I have. I think I have shoes that are taller than Linda Hunt. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it, it's very and and he kills Richard Jenkins of all people. I mean, Richard Jenkins, I always think of as the dad from Six Feet Under, and uh, he's yeah. It's, which, which once again in this film, that's exactly yeah, well, where yeah. he's headed. This. <laughs> the, the, he didn't last long in either one, and was killed in the first episode. So, uh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, just great. The uh, the the scene here, I love the. I mean, it is very stagey. They all seem to be sitting facing one direction there's not a it it, it's it it seems like uh the stage is outside the 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 swinging door but i do like how um expansive even even indoors you know we're getting all these old west scenes earlier in the movie it still seems like a very expansive style of a saloon uh, uh, unlike the uh, unlike zangs back in turley this seems to be a very more um landscape oriented uh saloon yeah, it really does. Even when you see the, you know, the flight of stairs, at least the, the stairs you can see, it's a very, very short sort of first flight. So it's it's not like the whole thing is, you know, you can see that it curves around and that's probably three flights total to get up to the second floor. But it's it, even that helps suggest something sort of lower and wider and flatter as opposed to, you know, pulling back and then seeing a full set of stairs all the way up to that next floor. Yeah, it's uh and uh, natural light too. I mean, there's no there's no oil lamps going on, but you feel like you don't feel the, any kind of artificial lighting through this. All the all the sunshine coming through the windows and right um, and the the doorway of the uh, the swinging doors. Oh, um, I've always wondered on on these uh, on these westerns where you have a swinging door in the doorway. Do they never close? Are the are the is the saloon always open? Because it really doesn't provide much in the way of uh, security at like two in the morning. 
Yeah, it really doesn't. Even if you, even huh. if there was a bolt or something to hold it together, obviously you could just go right on under. Although, you know, if you look carefully, maybe I'm, this might be an illusion, but I'm looking at about second 38. And maybe this is just a compression. If you look at second 38, when just as Linda Hunt goes through the doors, yeah, or maybe just after she's gone through the doors, there's a door in the foreground. Oh, okay. So maybe there's a just, giant door I wonder that if, swings closed. Yeah, if that's something, because now the, the shot yeah. is pretty compressed. The depth of field is you know, kind of brought in tight, especially to bring in so much of the outside. Um, but I wonder if that somehow swing, it doesn't, in this angle, it doesn't look big enough to cover the whole thing, but it may well be. It's po it's possible. I just, um, I, I've been trying to find set designers for this movie, but I haven't been able to ask anybody. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that there must be some kind of a, like a storm door kind of a thing that you want to shut the. Yeah, you sure, you sure think so. You know, it reminds me very quickly back in uh, the bustling metropolis of Ellensburg, Washington. I worked as a police officer for many, many years. Um, not that many, several years. And uh, uh, we had a citywide blackout, which was, which was pretty unusual. Um, and it was the kind of thing where, you know, just the whole, the whole city absolute plunged into darkness. So we had lots of extra patrols and things. And uh, I went over to the Circle K, you know, great, you know, well-known convenience stores, at least in certain parts of the country, uh, to see my friend Circle K Joe. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, we had no idea how long this was going to last, but he was going to close Circle K for the first time. They, you know, it's always open 24-7 and uh, just sort of shut it down and, and head on home. And then he realized that when that particular store that franchise was built the door was put in upside down oh, gosh. and couldn't be locked wow. so he was forced to just sit there uh, in the dark with a flashlight and uh, luckily circle k was about a block from the police station and everybody loves circle k joe so you know all of us were in and out of there all night uh giving giving you know extra security and things but it was uh, it was really something it's just you'd never think about think about that but they couldn't close so i don't know if this saloon had the same problem but uh Trust me when I say, Jim, I've been there. Okay, yeah. So I did I did a brief internet search while we're sitting here talking, and I have no idea if any of this is accurate or not, but uh, apparently, according to a few things I saw, the, the swing-in doors were just there to provide, like, good ventilation and try to cover up some of what was going on inside. <laughs> and uh, there were main big doors that would close at night. Oh, okay. There you go. Hmm. Now that's a that's according to the internet, which we know is always one hundred percent accurate. But but yes. uh, there was a discussion on this on a few different forums, and uh, so that is what the that is what they are saying. There are actually some archival photos where you can see some of the big doors in the back uh, pictures. That's kind of interesting. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I, I, there's there's so much that I don't know about saloon culture, and you know, watching watching westerns like Gunsmoke and High Chaparral and all those things, I never knew what the upstairs was for. <laughs> <laughs> and you asked like, your parents oh, and, the yeah. and i said well that's that's where that that's where the help lives oh okay yeah, so, yeah. yeah. that's a different show we'll have to yeah, talk about that <laughs> <laughs> it would take longer than a minute so uh oh, but yeah goodness. it was it's one of those things like why do they always have stairs going up there and you know it's <laughs> ah, fantastic um but yeah this uh, you know this is our monday our, our monday show so one of the things I, I like to talk about is just the movie in general uh, most of, most of our our hosts have been going over in general what their impressions were. Where where did you first encounter uh, 
Silverado. Chris, do you, do you have a, a memory of seeing Silverado for the first time? Yeah, my so my dad absolutely loved uh, some of the actors in the film. And my dad was a, um, he didn't really talk about it much. My dad was kind of a TV and movie junkie. And then, but, and I didn't know it, except that he literally tracked actors that he really liked. Like, and he would look, look out for their, their work. And um, so this was one that uh, he, there were several people in the movie he liked. And, and that's where I first saw it. Um, so with him and, you know, I had always associated Westerns with like the, like Gunsmoke and Bonanza and stuff like that, that like my grandfather's watch. But, uh, this was the first time I had seen a Western sort of in a new, you know, contemporary light, you know, I mean, it yeah. was like, oh, Westerns aren't just old, <laughs> you know, like, um, so yeah, this and, uh, uh, Tombstone were like huge when I was like, you know, younger, it was like, oh man, this is really neat. And then, you know, it was like, wow, was the Wild West really like this? I missed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, how about how about you? How about you, Hal? Have you, uh... So, well, this movie came out, uh, let me say, 85 or 86. And that was uh, that was the time in my life where basically if it showed in the theater, I went to see it. Um, I just saw every movie I could. And it was, you know, a typical uh, movie evening for me was whatever's new and then the next night go see return of the jedi again if it was 1983 <laughs> or early 84 uh you know war games all that kind of stuff oh. um but i remember it i remember silverado and and uh, i know we're, we're talking about you know a little bit broader time for but uh uh chris I think you mentioned uh, tombstone and there was there was kind of a nice uh western revival at the time and it was it was fun seeing stuff that's kind of stuff come back because i had I didn't have a ton of exposure as a kid. I was very aware of Bonanza and stuff like that. Didn't really, didn't really watch much of that stuff when I was younger, but this movie would have come out when I'm during my senior year in high school, I said, I was avidly seeing every movie I could get, uh, get into or get my hands on. And of course, uh, you know, Lawrence Kasdan uh, writing it, uh, you know, wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back. That was a, that was a given for me. I certainly liked Kevin Costner at the time. Um, John Cleese uh, being in the film was also a, a draw for me, even yeah. though it's kind of an odd casting. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a quirky bit. And he, I, I think he's like the fellow that's being introduced at the, the end of this minute, Jeff Goldblum. Seeing Jeff Goldblum in this movie, is like, wait, wasn't he the fly? Was, yeah, yes, isn't it? <laughs> wait, Brundlefly, what's he yeah. doing in this? And, and it was yeah. also, you know, at that point, too, um, where... Uh, like everybody I, i'm looking at even at the post right now and everybody that's uh that's sort of on the marquee kevin klein scott glenn rosanna arquette john cleese kevin costner brian denny danny glover jeff goldblum linda hunt you know i i was at that point i'd seen them all in several other things yeah and you know i i long since transitioned into the you know sort of fantasy versus reality uh, phase of things but it was still interesting at that time for me to to really have that driven home you know what that actors are people who have jobs and you're going to see them and other things. But, but I, I do remember this sticking out thinking, you know, I don't know that there was any of those stars that I didn't already know and recognize from in some cases, multiple other films. Yeah. It's almost like a love boat episode. I mean, there's so many people showing up and you go, I saw him and him. Yes. You know, and it's, you know, Oh for, my gosh. Yeah. For, for me, it was, I, I was actually kind of reluctant to go see this because I, unlike many people my age, I really wasn't that impressed by the big chill. I thought it was kind of self-absorbed and not that 
not that exciting. I thought, oh, Lawrence Kasdan's doing another one of these things with Kevin Klein. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, this guy wants to go see it again. I, I mean, I came out in VHS and I bought it and, um, you know, I insisted on other people sit down and watch it with, you know, it's just that annoying movie, movie junkie uh, thing where you, you tell people to sit down and watch a movie. But it's, it's so, I think much like The Rocketeer or Apollo 13, it's endlessly rewatchable. You can watch, you know, you can watch it a month or two later and it's still a fun romp. And uh, they're, they're all characters that you either like or hate. You can, you know, boo the bad guys and things and, and cheer right. for the good guys. Um, but it has all those elements that, that Kasdan did with Empire Strikes Back and, and making you feel part of the show. That you, you feel like, like you need to, you know, clap for Tinkerbell and get these people going and help them out. And I, I'm impressed by the, I was, I was always impressed by the storytelling, um, the, the central character of following Payton. I mean, we're watching this guy who, you know, winds up in his underwear uh, at the beginning of the movie and then well i don't want to spoil it. he gets he finally gets a new job at the end and uh it's it, everybody has their own arc everything gets started and completed and some of the you know some of them are a little bit dead endy but um it's so impressive on how many how, how character driven this is there aren't really any special effects it's all about being able to have actors tell a story on screen and uh, i think that's that's what drew me to this to this movie and like you said it's it's this is the 80s and all these people had great jobs at the time and you see linda hunt you think dune and the year of living dangerously and and kevin klein was in, he he was in a fish called wanda and you know and, or jeff goldblum had just finished the previous one of the previous uh, movies by minutes we did into the night he had just done into the night and now he's here uh it's it's tireless i mean it's it's just one of those things like this is this is the peak of a lot of their um, their acting careers. You know, they had some right. blockbuster stuff right underneath them. So, um, yeah, just very exciting uh, to, to see all this. And we'll, we'll be talking about them as, as the week goes on. Um, but I do <laughs> – I, I, the, the one thing about this minute that I, that I really enjoy is this is – I know so many people who, when they haven't had their coffee <laughs> – Ready to shoot somebody if they haven't yes. if they haven't finished it. Not 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 that I'm married to any of them, but I can understand. I understand the sentiment clearly. I was gonna say you met my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, but your poor Jim just just touching the swinging doors of the saloon and. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. This no, is I, how the captain says, "Not yet, Mister." Yeah, no, stay, <laughs> stay out of the kitchen until the coffee cup is empty. So it's. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, no, all just a, a pleasant scene. And then oh, as we're ending this minute, we get to um, that beautiful that beautiful stagecoach. It looks like a oh Wells Fargo gosh. commercial. I mean, you got the 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 four in hand, yeah, the four in hand uh, uh, two, two by two. Uh, um, I've forgotten the word when you it's the uh, the attachment on the on the front being pulled by four horses. Oh, um, right. You know, here comes the Wells Fargo wagon, and nobody's singing in River City, but you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's just a beautiful, and, and there's not a giant dog chasing it uh, yeah. through the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that remember the old uh, Chuck wow. Wagon, and, and no Indian wagon cover ads. either. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm always struck by that. I've been thinking about that a lot as we watch uh, 1883, the uh, yeah. Yellowstone prequel that's currently airing, and you see people with you know, sort of driving wagons and things. And it's it's interesting to me. I don't know why, but that's something I've never encountered. I've never been around. But interesting to me to see actors. Uh, just engaging with the horses and and you know and and driving the wagons. It seems like that's something that 
this must be a skill that must be learned, but it's, uh, I, but I guess it's just, you know, no different than horseback riding. It's nice to see actors really on horses and being comfortable around them. It makes, it makes everything more believable. Yeah. And I also think that the, the horses themselves must be incredibly well, I, I think they call it saddle wise, but they must be incredibly well trained to put up with all the nonsense going on around them with not only the, the actors marching about, but cameras and lights and all kinds of noises right. and yeah, um, it, blank uh, guns going off and yeah, just everything uh, else. It's amazing. Amazingly calm, calm animals. Um, Do you think but, that like there was any guys back in the day in the wild west that were like the 1800s fawns that had like a souped up carriage <laughs> and would like hang out with it and just be like, e and like try and you know pick up girls in the wild west with their cool carriage? <laughs> just yeah. probably yeah, he probably went to the pharmacist and had some you know concoction of uh, you know I. Uh, probably cocaine and then yeah. who knows what all else that he'd he'd uh, juice the horse with yeah. some sort of uh you know 18th uh, or late 1800 steroids yeah, and high gluten yeah. hay or something yeah yeah um exactly the, he yeah. walks into the saloon and uh and uh, hits the piano player on the head with his fist yeah. and the piano player starts playing immediately you know i used sort of an awful thing and i'm totally derailing this i'm sorry but when you mentioned putting cocaine in the horse I just thought of like, was this like John DeLorean's great grandfather? <laughs> like, very well could be too. Uh, wow. Well, we yeah. can edit that out post. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that this, these are the hidden meaning behind the uh, the, the, uh, the story with the fringe on top song in uh, Oklahoma. It's a whole, whole different meaning. Um, whole different meaning. And just for the record, the uh, producers and uh, guests and hosts of this show do not condone drugging animals under any circumstances. <laughs> I, I love animals. I would never yes. do that. Just yeah. say there's no. A, yeah, there's a whole lot of terrible things i do to a whole lot of people before i'd started on the animals uh, yeah. wow so anyway we end the minute with uh jeff goldblum dressed like a pimp getting out <laughs> he's got that that fur fringe i mean he looks like the, he, he reminds me uh, it's, it's a very similar outfit to the guy that says uh say kid to uh to superman just before he makes his first <laughs> appearance in the movie superman it really does it's uh it's, I, I and i I can't deny it. I do want that jacket so badly that it's such a great, you know, floor duster thing that uh, it's, it's incredible. We'll, we'll talk about that more, more tomorrow, I think, yes. but uh, just a, a beautiful end to a, to a great minute and the start of a great week. Um, well, anyway, uh, let me see if I can find the thing that I'm supposed to say at the end of this show. As uh, By the way, thank you all for, for listening to us. We're, we're here for the, uh, the rest of the week. So try the veal. Listeners can find the Silverado Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. Uh, also, on social media, you can find us at The Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listeners Saloon over on Facebook, and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM for Movies by Minute. Uh, anyway, we will be back here tomorrow, so join us then when uh, we get to find out what the, what the heck Jeff Goldblum is doing in Silverado. But we'll see you here next time on the Silverado Minute. Yeehaw! Yeah.